The following podcast contains mature language and adult discussion. This week on Kayfabe, stories you're not supposed to hear. The impression that people go into this business searching for love and, and a replacement for loss. Uh, well, if you can't have real, true, romantic love, just settle for a double anal. Alright, you're back. You found it. Sean Oliver's Kayfabe Podcast, promising you stories you're not supposed to hear. And, uh, listen, coming off some very, very interesting weeks. Jerry Williams of the FBI and Randy Hogan, for God's sakes. It's Hogan. It's Hogan. Hogan. That's all, that's all you have to put up, right? If it was 1985 and you put up Hogan. People flocked. We're still, we're still in a shutdown. Things are opening. If you're listening to this after the fact, historically, I can tell you that we've been sequestered for a couple of months. Things are starting to open. Of course, people cannot just do it as prescribed. These yo-yos who say, Watch, I don't need the governor telling me when to leave my house. You do, dickface, because, as evidenced by many photos I've seen, my visit to St. Augustine just for dinner one night, what I saw, uh, what people have been posting, news agencies have been carrying, people don't follow the rules. So you get a state that reopens, right? And a governor can stand there with Donald Trump's dick in their mouth and go, oh, oh, well, uh, we're going to reopen America and, you know, just wear your masks if, if you want, but don't, if you don't want, that's, it, that's been bizarre to me. It's, it's yes or no, because you're not wearing it to protect yourself. You're wearing it also to protect others. So you're not spewing in my kid's face. So it's like, well, you shouldn't shoot the gun out in the street, but if you want to, you can. I don't, I don't get that either terrified they won't get GOP support so scared everyone's scared Rosa Parks is dead no one stands up and goes hold on I don't give a fuck what everybody's saying my party anyone else's party this is wrong nobody does that nobody's got a set anymore but the problem is people aren't following the rules so we are in this state of gradual opening I hate dating the show like this because you know what? five years from now you're going to hit this episode because you want to listen to Ron Jeremy. You're going to have to listen to this drivel about the current state of the reopening. But I'm still here in Florida. People are still working remotely. Um, some people are back. Some people are working remotely. My hope in this whole thing, I, I, I used to be a voracious reader. Time took that joy from me and the requirements of my many professional responsibilities took that from me. So um, I discovered audiobooks several years ago and, you know, right from your iPhone, uh, I was able uh, to join the audiobook revolution and, and consume a couple of books a month again. Well, now that I had time, that's one of the things that came back was reading for me. I've been knocking out, you know, a few books um, a month now. And 
I had hoped that there would be a bit of a reading revolution. Call me crazy, right? That the people are locked in the house. They say, wow, this is a perfect opportunity for me to read a little bit here. Me to learn a skill. <laughs> or me just to escape with a great thriller. Whatever. We'd start reading again. Well, folks, as we all know, that did not fucking happen. Why the fuck is nobody reading now? People read 140 characters at a time all day long. They check their socials. They, they, they're reading that shit. Why, if it's bound, you, won't you do it? Or, or on your Kindle app. Why won't you do that? I don't get it. So at a time where, we, where we're given the gift of time, we've been robbed of our, our, our freedom to go out and you really haven't been robbed of our freedom. You've been protected from going out and, and getting a communicable, transmittable disease, which you, even if you survive, could bring home and kill members of your family. So we haven't been robbed of freedom. We've exchanged our freedom for the protection of society, which is a good thing. Um, but why have you not read? Why is it just Netflix still? That's who, that is the, the boonie. Amazon? And Netflix cashing in. Your news is still confined to your social media. You didn't get a book about something that was interesting. You, you fucking, you're just looking at Twitter again and that never-ending Facebook feed of carefully curated pictures by the people in your life to get you to believe they're living a certain way. Yeah, they're advertising a certain life they wish they had on Facebook. Very funny when I see that. Everyone's got such the perfect life, don't they? But it has not manifested in more books. It's manifested on, well, anything new on Netflix? Anything new on Amazon? Anything new on Hulu? That's all it's done. What are you doing now during the day? If you've been confined, if you have a job such that... You are not able to go into an office somewhere and work or into a location, into a store. If they said, don't come in, what are you doing? You're, you're, you know, you're making a sandwich, you're taking a piss, you're, you're talking to whoever's home. Maybe you get on the phone a little bit. No one talks on the phone anymore. Maybe you text some people. Now you got all this time, hours and hours, even if you, your favorite show is on and you got to watch it. You knock out an hour, hour and a half, maybe a movie. Two hours. Now, you've still got all this time. You've got what's like 14 other hours left. You're going to sleep some of them. What's left? Never a book? Never a book has crossed your mind? Listen, there's a reason that television was the bastard child of entertainment for years. Anyone who's old enough to remember before streaming... Maybe go back as far as when it was only network TV. Oh, my God. Before The Sopranos. It was always the bastard child. Your movie stars didn't do TV. They didn't even do TV commercials. Your movie stars did movies because that's where the prestige was, but also that's where the money was. Don't kid yourself. Stars are not doing stuff on Netflix because it's so challenging and so progressive and stories are being told and streaming. Right. Another carefully curated position to advertise during interviews 
and social media posts by stars. It's the fucking money, people. It's the money. The residuals on movies have dried up. Back in the DVD generation, you could make a lot of money on the DVD sales. I always back in the late 90s when I would get a call when I was doing a lot of voice work and it was a TV show, you always kind of went, well, all right, you'll get one and then a rerun if it's network. And, you know, if it's a show that goes into syndication, that's a different story. If it's a series that goes above 100 episodes and it's going to be put on TBS or, or, uh, uh, you know, Fox or one of these where it's on every night at dinner time. That's different because then you're being paid every time it's on, being paid five times a week if you're in five episodes. So that's great. Um, but usually shows don't go into syndication. But the movie was always like, yeah, this might be a hit. It might sell a ton of DVDs and that's thousands and thousands of dollars. Well, now it's up. It's flipped. There's almost no afterlife for the movie. So stars can do one movie, hour and a half, one title, which gets one rental at a time on Netflix, let's say, because nobody's buying the DVD anymore. Or you could do a series. That series will be, you know, 25 episodes. It'll get 25 plays in a row. It's just exponentially increases the money. Now, the, the actual residual is much smaller for the electronic aspect. Here, you want to go into my account? I'll do this. I'll share this with you. We're very close. Let me go into my SAG after residuals account. There was a time where it was good. Now, here's what's coming. <clears throat> here's what's forthcoming over the next, I don't know, whenever they mail them. All right, HBO, $3.13. Another HBO, $3.99. These are probably all episodes of Sex in the City. I have to drill into it. Now, for, in the interest of time, I don't want to open each one. So uh, just on the screen, I'll read you the production company if I can remember what it was. And also they bundled. So these are individual episodes of Sex in the City probably. $3.13. I'm going to round. $4. Uh, HBO again, $7. It could also be a board. I did Boardwalk Empire, so maybe it's that. Uh, Lionsgate, $113. Okay, so that's a little something there. Another Lionsgate, $11. HBO, $1.41. HBO, $3. Revolution Studios, I don't remember what I did for them. $2.23. HBO, $2.39. CBS TV, $3. CBS TV, $0.21. CBS TV, $134. Okay, so there's something there. Uh... HBO, 89 cents. HBO, 81 cents. HBO, 92 cents. HBO, a dollar three. HBO, a dollar nine. HBO, 83 cents. HBO, 92 cents. HBO, a dollar two. HBO, 94 cents. HBO, 88 cents. HBO, 64 cents. HBO, 79 cents. HBO, 72 cents. HBO, 74 cents. HBO, 75 cents. HBO, 74 cents. HBO, 86 cents. HBO, a dollar four. HBO, 99 cents. HBO, 89 cents. Amazon Studios. 39 cents. Amazon Studios, 43 cents. Amazon Studios, 41 cents. Amazon Studios, 41 cents. Amazon Studios, 41 cents. Amazon Studios, 46 cents. HBO, a dollar. HBO, a dollar seven. HBO, a dollar two. HBO, 79 cents. HBO, a dollar seven. So you're getting the point. I'm going to stop now. That's about all they let me see ahead. So these will be mailed like within the next month or whatever. All those HBOs that I just said, if those were sex in the cities, 
back in, I don't know, let's say 2004, 2005, when it went into syndication, they had put it on um, TBS and something else also. It was running like nightly. All of those HBOs I just read you, the residual on all of those would be anywhere from three to $500. All those. What were they now? 89 cents. 87 cents. Now think of yourself as a movie star who went from doing that level work to now. Why are they doing TV, guys? Why are they doing streaming? Because you can bundle together 50, 100 episodes, and you have to to make the living you used to. I don't even know if it's possible for those guys to make the living. I'm a small fry. I'm a nobody. Think about if you're a big-name star who counted on all those residuals. The world has changed. I'm not a Luddite, but I'm telling you the world has changed. And guess what, motherfucker? You're still not reading books. Hey, guys, what are you reading right now? You got some free time. What are you reading? Head to SeanOliverBooks.com, a one-stop shop for my writings. We have novels available there, my three thrillers, and my three wrestling-related books. Um, all available at SeanOliverBooks.com. Three novels transfer, my most recent one, which reads the discovery. Said was an exceptionally thrilling story that builds up with a solid pace and keeps the reader immersed and emotionally invested. The Consultant. Reads the discovery also saying, if you are a patient reader and love mysteries, this is the book for you. A beautiful, unsolvable mystery, unputdownable. And my first, my first novel, Sophie's Journal. Um, also... The wrestling books are there. Kayfabe stories you're not supposed to hear from pro wrestling production company owner. The business of Kayfabe taking you inside the company I ran. Uh, Co-ran for 10 plus years. And Father's Blood, true stories of pro wrestling dads facing their greatest challenger, parenthood. That's the book Sports Illustrated. It said Sean has the unique ability to share the journeys of those who have sacrificed so much for pro wrestling. And he does so in a manner that evokes compassion, humor, and joy. SeanOliverBooks.com Listen, any good Jewish boy from New York City should grow up to be a captain of industry, and my guest this week is no exception, um, except he's touched a few industries um, and uh, we're going to talk to him about that. Uh, he is Ron Jeremy. He is. Uh, where are you? Uh, where are you? Coronaing, should I say, at this time? Um, Los Angeles. Okay, so you're home. Hollywood, California. Okay. Yeah. See, I'm I'm from the I'm from Jersey, right? So I'm from the Northeast too. But I ran to Florida like a wimp. Um, and have you're from Jersey? Yeah, from Jersey. Ba- I'll make you feel at home. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, very good. That's the turnpike joke that he's doing right there. Ron, I met you well, one time. One I joke about because, you know, the clandemic, or how do you pronounce it, whatever that is. The pandemic, the, uh, I think they're calling it. That, you know, I compared to New Jersey because I have friends. I knew, I knew things of people, friends of mine who had been to China, and there's no uh, control, no environmental control, and people are duping a huge, uh, a lot. Uh, I had friends who moved to China. And had, had all these products, you know, adult product, non-adult product, and uh, they were doing good because the price was so cheap. And all of a sudden, they realized that there was a horrendous odor in China, and someone said that it reminded them of a New Jersey Turnpike. 
That's <laughs> low. You know, Man, that's well, low. you know, but, it's but it's, anyway. Uh, it's but true. the thing is, it's uh, what the atmosphere is like without EPA control. What was, was it? Environmental protection, protection agency. agency. Protection agency. Yeah. yeah. And it was being ignored. I mean, France had to obey it. England, Australia, us. Yeah. Somehow, China felt it wasn't necessary, and my friends left. They left. They got out of there and said, anywhere you go, it's a horrendous odor. We said, nope, I'm not going to live here. Yeah. And they moved back to America. Ron, I got to ask you, you're, you're arguably the most identifiable guy from the adult industry. And why? Is it the everyman thing? I mean, let, you know, you, you didn't look like Jerry Butler or Jeff Stryker. So was it like the everyman that viewers identified with? How did you transcend that was a nice choice too, by the way, Jeff Stryker and, and uh, Jerry Butler, and Rocco, and uh, there, there were a lot of good-looking guys in the business, you know, Peter North. Not that um, you, not that you're not good-looking. I, I got more work. Way. I got more work. Well, my early days, you could, you know, I was actually all muscle. If you look at, in fact, if you look at this, um, um, my tree, you'll see that the pages in there and my autobiography, they show how I had like no fat. All kidding aside, I was all muscle. Yeah. And my book has all that. It's called uh, Skin the Store. Hardest Man in Showbiz. Get it? Hardest Man in Showbiz. We get it. And then, um, uh, but I wound up getting more work when I went to Hawaii and it was being like a chunky little guy around, you know, these beautiful girls in the forest. And, uh, you know, it was, um, I got more work being chunky, you know, because the, guy, the average guy relates, you see. Right. You know, he's, Ron, Ron can do it. We all can. It's like like the uh, the basketball, the, the football team, and you know, the captain of the football team, right. as compared to the schmuck who's the water boy or whatever. You know, so it, it it just worked out that way that they the guy related to the average looking guy. It's good for marketability, it. certainly. I mean, it was great for your career, but but you know, to be the ubiquitous face of that industry when when shit was going down, like the Tracy Lord scandal. Or like when Washington just wanted to fuck with you guys. Probably not as cool to be that ubiquitous face. We uh, we've had to fight. We've had a, you know uh, we used to go to Sacramento, and we actually faced uh, Senator Calderon uh, and a few other you know well-known senators who were conservative who wanted to do a porn tax. Any adult establishment, whether it be a dance club, strip club, porn film, they had to pay a special pay a special tax. And the money would go towards God knows what charities to make us look bad. You know, so it's funny that um, me, Annie Sprinkle, Candida Royale, Gloria Leonard, Al Goldstein, Larry Flint, you know, we're the ones, I, I, I call them this, you heard of the, 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 the rat pack? Well, that was the slime pack. No, I'm kidding. No, no but we, you, we had, your point is that you got called pack. in. Yeah. You got called in for all that stuff because you were... And we, and we, and we debated vice cops, pastors. I still... So very recently, I was debating the the pastor, Pastor Craig Gross, you know, and um, we've done we've done some great great debates together. They've been on some major television. Did and basically, uh, the Tracy Lord's case involved a minor who we didn't know was a minor. She had fake ID, and then there was the um, pandering laws, the local ones, statewide, where they were, you know, if you're having sex for money, it's pandering. You know, and that that, and there's also the federal. Laws where you cross state lines. Yeah. Um, 
What was the law, Ron? There were just a lot of different. Whenever there was a law that came along, we had to fight it. Wasn't we there a weird? We, we had a, we did a good job too. Wasn't there a weird law like you could film it, but you couldn't sell it, or was it vice versa? You, it, it could be filmed, but it couldn't be they sold. They had that. And then interstate stuff. They they had that. Uh, the, uh, that was the interstate transportation. Oh, there were so many I mean, that we that we beat. Um, well, the, the pandering one is one where paying for sex is a crime. Right. And then again, we won that because uh, boxing is a crime, but mitts on it, it's a movie about boxing. Right. You know, uh, drag racing is against the law. You supervise the highway, it's a drag racing movie. Right. So the First Amendment protection came along to, to prove that it's entertainment. You know, not you know, man pays girl for sex and that's it. Right. And that's why these these are very important victories that we, we did. You know, the toughest one being um, uh, the interstate transportation of obscene material. You then had to discuss and decide what is and is not obscene. You had to discuss what's the jurisdiction, because with the internet, it, jurisdiction could be anywhere. You know. Right. It was it was really it was it was it was tough. You know, and we won. You know. Does, so do you it's look now at, pretty much illegal to shoot? It's illegal to shoot right adult in um, most of the cities in California. Does um do you look at Viagra and Cialis to a pro like you? Is that like performance enhancing drugs to baseball players? Like, are we going to keep some guys out of the adult hall of fame um, because it, it's kind of like a baseball player using steroids? The the unfair advantage having to rely uh, on the pills. Well. I endorse a product, so I, I go with that. It's, uh, it's sexpillguru.com. And that's the, uh, they rate and they judge the various pills, you know, that work and don't work. And uh-huh. so it's called sexpillguru.com. It's, uh, and it's um, Superbolite is the company, Superbolite. But, for, but from a professional standpoint, on the set, I mean, the, the guys who rose to the top, no pun intended, back in the day before well, all this assistance well my uh by the way can da- can dante make any more noise for us perhaps it sounds like he's building a deck uh, out there is uh, or a barn uh, he's working hard you know but yeah. so, but yeah. so so is it not looked at as an unfair crutch in the industry to have to pop a pill no in, in the very beginning yes i think the three were me rocco and randy west joke the fact that we didn't use anything and we just did it bareback or just we did it um acapella right. <laughs> <laughs> a pill free we, I, we did it we did it without um well they were using a thing called uh, i did the john wayne bobbitt movie uh-huh. and um it was called uh, john bobbitt uncut yes yeah a Not classic smart, yeah so vince neal was in it the motley crew ice t was in it and all these celebrities you know make an appearance not you know. their dicks just they were in it right correct oh okay. they're using their dicks they would have made more money right you know. but anyway so um oh yeah yeah so so these so the pills what's what's funny uh oh he'll hit you with a punchline if uh he has a company called golden artists entertainment this is dante we we're talking one about day, right? dante the manager what, yeah what? This is Dante, the manager we're talking about. Right. right? Now that we we discuss, discovered something, me and Dante, that they say this, you rub this cream on your dick. And you, I could say the dick, right? Or, you could say ah! dick all you want. Yeah. And your dick gets bigger. What about your hands? What, what, uh, Dante, what's the, uh, how does that work, Dante? 
Wouldn't your hands get bigger? Product makes you makes your cock bigger, rubbing it on your dick. It wouldn't make your hands bigger as well. Yeah, that's a... so if you ever go to a, a topless club, strip club, nude club, or a novelty club, take a look and see which guy's got giant swollen hands. Just give him a smile. Exactly. You, you, you know. Yeah, but, so the pills actually do work. You know, there's one, the three that are FDA approved, which is a Levitra, Cialis, and, and Viagra. Then there's those like Extends, Vigoralis, Vigorex. Mm-hmm. You know, ones that I have friends who take um, pills and they have a, I have a pet tortoise in case they get a reptile dysfunction. Very good. That's very, listen. I saw you do stand up. I, I do have a pet tortoise. I have a tortoise. I was I, I, I was gonna I do. do. I was gonna. But, but, but those pills do work, and um, whatever works for you. You know, right. like I'm saying, I endorse that one. But then uh, Dante might endorse a product. Uh, the cameraman might endorse a product. You know, the right. guy across the street emptying the garbage. He might endorse a product. I yeah, so, one. Yes, I was just said that. Yeah. Let me ask you, you were there for the major curve in the business, Ron, when it went from shooting on film, uh, being exhibited at projection houses, um, then you had the quick and dirty uh, mega millions that the video cassette world brought, right? Um, and now, like this precipitous fall because of the internet, because nobody pays for it anymore. Take me through that from when you were shooting on film, guys like Gerard Demiano, and they were films. You were shooting films on film. They were actual storylines. Yeah. At first, they were kind of, they were corny and campy, and some of them, like, you know, uh, you, you, get, you, get, you get these. <laughs> Who's there? I'm the plumber. I'm here to fix your pipes. Come on in. Ma'am, how come you haven't got the money to pay for it? Well, can we pay a trade? I mean, right. I do the, and you, and I, uh, and you, we're done. What, 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 answer the, and there you go. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute, wait, 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 what? Who's that? Pool boy, I want to fix your pool. Uh, I haven't got the money to pay for it. Then what are we supposed to do? Pay and trade. You mean we can, oh my goodness, you know, they were all the same basic storyline. But but really now, but, but you were, were shooting on film, so. Well, then they got more complex, and they got a lot fancier, because then it would be, hello? No, I'm kidding. No, they were actually, it would, it would be, a cute storyline, you know, something had to be fixed. Pipes, boobies, pool, carpenter, whatever, you know. And they were very funny. And they worked. And it was a simple story. People expected it. You know, it's funny as a guy, I did exactly that. You know, uh, hello, there's a pool man, whatever. Uh, the guy got nominated for an Academy Award. An Academy Award. It was about need, needful. Or, it was one of the... the, the, the no, it's the uh, one where the um, the astronaut Glenn, Glenn, John Glenn, was helping the space with the help of a couple of black women. Oh yeah, that show. It just came out. I forget what it's called. It yeah, it was nominated for an Academy Award. So the the director Hidden was, Figures, stage, right? Hidden fi- Hidden Figures. Yes, thank you. And the the director's name. Um, oh gosh, I forgot. Well, I'm just dead today. And uh, the fact is. Um, these ladies helped this uh, John Glenn go into space. And then uh, the director, when he was being nominated for an Academy Award, goes up on stage, I kid you not, and he said that in this movie there's a great scene where uh, you know, the guy, you know, hello, who's there? You know, you know uh, well, it's a, that's a separate, that, okay, I'm all confused. So there was a scene on another movie which he directed and wrote, uh, not this one, but he did, 
he went up on stage and said, my very first job was Ron Jeremy, you know, in this movie. And in, in the, this particular scene that I did in my movie was that exact scene, you know, hello, pizza man. But right. they wanted to show who ordered the large sausage. Right. But then we wanted to show that you need music. It was an MTV commercial where, believe it or not, you know, and then the guy goes, well, I haven't got the money to pay. She goes, I haven't got the money to pay for it. And then the, the, the guy goes, well, how are you going to pay for it then? Well, we'll just, uh, here we go again. Right. And the thing is funny. So he said during the Academy Awards that his very first job was me uh, in that movie. Right. And what we were doing was doing the pizza man, you know, and that's, that was how it went. The joke too. Who ordered the large sausage? And then, um, the guy's not doing anything. The musician's not doing anything. So then I say, excuse me, or water the large sausage, smacks the guy in the back of the head. He starts playing the guitar. The door turns around. It says the power of MTV music. Right. So without the music, they couldn't have, do a sex scene. So it was a it was a promo for MTV? Right. Uh, it was actually part of the movie oh, as okay. well. Yeah. Um, if, yeah, but, yeah, that's the name. You got the name of it. What was it called? Was it Hidden Figures? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. You see Hidden Figures... That's the director, you know. But when you went, when it went from film to video, you could work so much more now, right? Because the production yes. time was cut down precipitously. Yes, yes, yes. That, that, that is correct. Um, the, the market went from film to 16 millimeter film to 8 millimeter film. 8 millimeter, make it smaller, I think. There was VHS, there's cinema, oh, VHS. Beta. And there was a beta, beta. And beta was actually better quality. Yeah. But VHS yeah. won. You know the the battle, right? Good a good right. lesson in PR. And then you had um, the DVDs, the interactive CDs, the internet, virtual reality. Porn was at the forefront of science and technology, and uh, that's. But you know, but the uh, big money, the big money was in the video cassette days, right? Yes, because it showed that people wanted to see porn. They just didn't want to go into the theater. They didn't want to go into the you know. They didn't want to go into to the theater and then stick to the seat on the way out you were very you were very funny in your films your your uh most of it i'm assuming was improv right in, in the adult films yes. when you would have some lines did you enjoy that aspect of it or it was a, a lot a, a, a payday lot. i a payday. did a lot yeah well thanks to dante and uh golden artists I, I now go on the road i do comedy on the road and it's it's really a lot of fun you should yeah, do it in the club instead of the road. It'd be much more comfortable. I do clubs. Uh, it was a joke. Uh, it was do, a uh, bad joke. What are, what are they called, Dante? He's very funny. He's Quick very question. Funny. Um, the women of the 80s, okay, if that's where the big money was, the difference in pay from a female star to a male star, like in 85, let's say, right, what would a Christy Canyon take home versus a Ron Jeremy? 800 to 1,000. She'd make maybe six to seven for girl, girl. Seven to a thousand boy girl, twelve fifty, you know, anal. Uh, now, what about me? Balls deep. But no, I'm what about you? What yeah. about a guy? Now, what about the men's stars? I make a couple hundred. I did okay because I had a contract with a company called Metro, so I, I had a, that the advantage. Now I have a contract with uh, Hot Mood. Well, gosh, I forgot. All right, Don, uh, Dante. I'm going to check with this Dante now. Dante, who's his contract with now? For God's sake, Dante sakes? is. Uh, He's uh, my man. He's uh, yeah, I, 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 
My memory's just shot. Speaking of the road, it it does sound hot like movies. I like, think. Hot movies. Like we're doing this interview in the middle of a highway on a median. Uh, is there a street right near us? Perhaps it sounds as if there are buses uh, behind you, Ron. <laughs> we're right smack. So you're saying, let me get this right. You're saying a Christie Canyon could do 1,200 a scene, whereas the guy was getting 300, 300, 300. Wow. But if Rocco flies in for the job, then he'll get more. But basically, the guys make uh, 200, 300. If it's a gang scene, they're not going to pay a guy a lot of money. It'd be like guys getting a couple hundred bucks. They'll be like in five or ten scenes. Right. If I had the impression, uh, a gang bang looks like this. Get the idea? It just doesn't stop. Yeah. One more. Okay. Yeah. Not really entertaining. Um, what <laughs> the impression that most go into that, this? That was good. Not entertaining. Nice try. Next. The 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 no no. I meant the film, not you, Ron. I meant the movie. Um, <laughs> the impression that people go into this business searching for love and and a replacement for loss. Uh, it, and it's never found. Is this is this true, or have I just like watched too much Boogie Nights? Well, if you can't have real, true, romantic love, just settle for a double anal. Hey, um. I always say that. You know, that's well. Actually, the joke is that South Park guys love double anal. Some people just find it so funny. There's the whole concept of double anal. You know, they make, they throw those jokes in all the time. But to answer your question is. Um, well, just that I had the impression that a lot of people went into it looking for love or companionship, yes. and, it, and it ended yes. badly for so many people. Yes, yes. People are, by the time they begin into college, by the time they're 18 and over, they pretty much have a good idea in their heads that this is a real romantic feeling or versus it's just a little chemistry. The guy's cute, nice muscles, a little messing around. And next, women are getting as much into that uh, in the college campuses where I go a lot to lecture, women are catching up. They really are. Girls are not. This is not like the, the days where, like, you know, they were the shy. The parents said, bring her home at a certain time. You know, I want to see her home at 10, you know. And things have changed. You know, now it's the guy that wants to chaperone. But the, <laughs> but the women yeah. that would it's go a, into it's the... A whole, it's a whole, it's a whole different world out there. You know, but... Women don't just want good sex. They demand good sex. I see guys complain up in the dormitories. I travel all over the country. I get to see these dormitories and these colleges, and they say, my God, I thought I gave her a good ride. And she hasn't called me back. And I don't know if I'm ever see her again. She's got homework. She's busy. You can know, find somebody else. But Because I mean, it's, 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 it's different. They, uh, girls have a thing now called a boy toy. That did not exist when I was a college kid. A woman that you just messed around with for the sake of the fun, the chemistry. Now, if a girl does that, her friends make fun of her. You did, Bob. He didn't even buy you ice cream soda. What the hell? I mean, it's, it's a different attitude. But but now in the business know, back then. You don't have to take them out. They're pe- just like the men are. Did Coming people- over, I got homework. You stick it in. Get the hell out. I got homework. <laughs> did, did people go into the enter, into the adult entertainment business as a, as a replacement for love? I mean, were they lost souls? Some do. There are some that go into it because it's a rebellion against family members. I've heard that said a lot. You know? Right. Did you consult uh, on Boogie Nights? Yes. My Had, name's on the credits. Boogie what did Night, you my think name's on the... the credits. My name is on the credits on uh, Nine and a Half Weeks with Mickey Rourke and Basinger as a consultant. My name is on the credits 
with Mickey Rourke and Kira Knightley. Domino, about the lady serial killer. No, the lady killer. Uh, the bunch. I do work at about 20 regular movies, yeah. high budget. And when they wanted to do something involving the adult industry, I got the call. Right. They didn't call me in for Wonderland. Uh, uh. So I talked to the director at an event. He said, the reason why is because you were not involved in that world. And I said, that's kind of a compliment. You know, in Boogie Nights, it's about the business, the porn business. Whereas um, uh, Wonderland is more about you know, the, the murder, the right? Yeah. The gangsters and the yeah. people getting shot and killed. So it was just a, a, an ugly part of the business and, and highly exaggerated. You know, what did they get right in Boogie Nights? What did Boogie Nights succeed in getting correct? Showing that John Holmes got involved in drugs and that and he got involved with bad people. You know, uh, he wasn't happy, just as Sam Kennison said, making a thousand dollars a day having sex with gorgeous girls. <laughs> And then he switches over to gay sex and stealing things. That's what we call bad career management. He didn't have Dante looking out for him. That's why. And every guy stepped up one notch. You know, Kennison said, you know, uh, here you are. And after John Holmes died, that the biggest white man passed away. Now, every guy steps up one notch. See? <laughs> Ron, what are you asked most by fans? Five minute Say what? What are you asked most about uh, by fans? I'm really good DJ. Next. No, I'm kidding. Uh, what I ask was that they get enthusiasm. I have personally done a lot of interviews from Hustler to Playboy. I mean, I've done a lot. I can't complain. It's nice that the industry figures I'm the guy that you go to, you know? Yeah. But um, what, when I've asked people what they like the most about sex, whether like what position, what, you know, uh, how fast you pump or what music you like in the background, do you like to have? shaved you know not shaved you know i love when they ask about the shaved because i always have a good answer uh do i like a girl that's shaved and not shaved frankly i don't give a fuck <laughs> i'm just glad to be there you know if you've done something right and you're now at the at the, at the proper end of a vagina you did something right right congratulations don't Enjoy worry about it. what color hair Enjoy it. what that yeah, because yeah, you, you obviously did a very good job. Well, I know I got I got the five-minute warning, so I have to get this in. I wanted to play a quick uh, name association game with you. We'll call it uh, a big dick, okay? If the person whose name I say is a dick in life, if you didn't enjoy his company, say dick. If he was cool, just say cool, okay? First, how about, how about no midi, uh, middle of the road, no? Well, that would be cool, I guess. Or, or maybe, uh, cool. how about a limp dick? Call him a limp dick. Like, le like a cool, not cool, neutral? Yeah, neutral we could call limp dick. So it's dick, limp dick, and then Just, cool. Good, because right. otherwise maybe I'll, I'll see this person on a set. Jamie Gill. That was very funny with that show that you did, you little bastard. Right. Hey, boys, hold them down. Hold them down. First name, Jamie Gillis. Cool. Really cool. Really cool. Okay. He was a guy that he was like the king when I first got in the biz. Jerry Butler. Medium. Uh, that's because of that book, right? That damn book. Yeah, he did. He made too many mean things in the book. He made really made a lot of enemies. All right. His career pretty much ended after that book. Mike Horner. Never got it back. He became a bus a bus driver. Mike Horner. Cool. Yeah. yeah T nice guy. Very friendly. TT Boy. You better say cool or he'll punch you. Okay. Randy <laughs> he's, West. He's, he's a, he is a tough guy and he doesn't like to fuck around. He, fuck, he, he piss him off. He goes for it. Yeah. <laughs> Randy, Randy West. Randy West, very mellow. Very cool. Very cool. Very. 
Sweet. We got in the business at the same time. Al Goldstein. Very, 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 very cool. A freedom fighter. A lot of the things he did for the newspapers and for the freedom of speech, people won't realize for many, many years to come. But he did a lot that a lot of journalists know the average person does not know. John Holmes. Not cool. <laughs> Dick. Because he got into, look, look he got into, uh, he would steal suitcases out of airline terminals. He was involved in the Wonderland murders where he took the bad guys and brought them to Ed Nash and took Ed Nash's bad guys and brought them back to the Wonderland Avenue. So he was, uh, and his wife, who I took to the premiere, wanted to defend it by saying that he didn't actually wield the baton. Mm. I said, yeah, but honey, if you wave it and you bring people to that spot and show them where it is, the same thing means you're an accessory. Yeah. It means it's just as good as, as, as doing it yourself if you bring guys there. So that, well, that was all very, he got involved into really bad, 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 bad stuff. You know, and he wasn't a bad guy when I knew him, but then I found out the things he did. He also was a rat. He would tell the cops where we're shooting. So, I mean, he wasn't a really great guy. Joey Silvera. Very mellow, sweet. I'd say, One minute. I, I won't say cool, I'll say groovy. Good guy, good director, good actor, nice guy. Uh, I never knew him that well. We both were so, around for so many years. But he's very, very, he's kind of shy. Ray Victory. We got to get Ray Victory in or else the NAACP will send a letter. Ray Victory. Uh, I helped his career a lot. You know, good looking, muscular black guy. I helped his career because a lot of people wouldn't hire him because he couldn't get a good whopping boner. And here's a black guy. You want to see a massive, and he had all muscle. So he wanted to see this thing that just right to the ceiling. But uh, he had trouble. But I had feel. I, I just had. I just had a feeling that he's going to do good. So the company Leisure Time, by name Mark Carrier, he gave him a chance a few uh, times, and finally, last time he gave him a chance, he did a great job. He worked regularly after that. Never had a problem with his dick at all. That's a happy ending. That's what they... And he also was very muscular, so he looked yeah. look good. Ron, tell us what you got going on. Give us a plug. Where can we find you? What are you up to? I'm in a, I'm in a couple of movies that came out. Lady Killer came out with Rutger Hauer. I'm in a film with Lemmy from Motorhead. It's his last film before he died. And it's called Sunset Society, directed by Phoebe. And it's... Uh, um, uh, I was going to say, you must have made that a little uh, while Dizzy ago, because that's going to be Dizzy, a hell of a night. Dizzy Reed is in it. Guys from Guns N' Roses are in the movies. Steve-O is in the movie. It's called Sunset Society. I'm excited about that one. It's a good movie. It's about a bunch of vampires. Ron, we thank you for your time. I could tell everyone I went a half hour with Ron Jeremy, and I could still walk. That was the great Ron Jeremy. I always love doing uh, interviews with people in bus stations or wherever the fuck he had me. That was Dante. Dante the comic, the agent on the deal there. He had him set up in his yard. I did have a visual. It was Ron, so I, I tried not to look as often as possible. But there was uh, there was a, like a bit of a backyard setting, so I think uh, I think we were in the yard for that one. All right, I want to go to Twitter for you. I said I would answer your questions. Um, Zaken asks Montreal a work. Well, you know I kind of. I kind of put my position on that out there, and it's impossible to say, but I always took the position that the production, just looking at the production end of it, it seemed a little too perfect, a little too perfect to just be the screw job that it was. 
um, the television cameras cut to, uh, I mean, it's a compelling argument I've been told, but you know, everyone says I'm still wrong, but the cameras cut to Brett's face. A title just changed hands. Why was I being shown Brett's face? Why did I right then need to know the utter disappointment on Brett's mind? Unless something was to come, everything that's done in wrestling is to prepare for what's next to lead me. It's breadcrumbs, right? You lead somebody through the storyline. I should have been shown Sean jubilantly dancing and jumping in the ring. I was shown Brett. Why? Who in the truck made that call and why? Okay. And then it just worked so perfectly for everybody. McMahon became the biggest heel in the business, and that sparked the whole Austin McMahon thing. It just it just worked out for him. And Brett was able to leave without the belt and without it being his fault. Tony Jabroni, best storyteller I've interviewed. Cornette's quite good, um, and he's filled with them. And his, his encyclopedic knowledge and, and great memory, great recall. I think uh, Cornette, and that, that's kind of a fanboy answer, I guess, but uh, I know you wanted you know, something probably uh, a little more unexpected than that. DCAT Warrior 4, ever considered changing your name to Luna Vachon? Very good. I, I read that just because I wanted to... Uh, to get that in. Tony Jabroni also asked when Meet the Press is on. If you're listening to this instead of watching that, I have a problem with you. Instagram, a wrestling historian. When's your next kayfabe book coming out? Thanks in advance. Well, I have three wrestling-related books, and I have to decide what the next one is. I have ideas. I have people that give me ideas. I have people in the business that have ideas. But, it's you know, writing a book is no joke. And if you're going to spend six months all day on it, you want it to be the right thing and also you know i'm never gonna i've always said i'm never gonna sell you anything that isn't worth it so pete sanctions has the podcast replaced the regular shoot interview series or will those return at some point well you got people who do them for free on youtube now i say for free only because the return if they're paying these guys fairly and traveling the return is is you know such a it's not going to cover the expenses. So I say doing it for free uh, from that standpoint. If somebody is interviewing a wrestler and putting it up on YouTube and collecting that AdSense money from YouTube and Google, it's very small. It's a very small amount of money, unless you're one of these top influencers. And believe me, nobody in the fucking wrestling shoot business is an influencer. Okay. There are these girls that do makeup reviews that have 5 and 10 million followers. Their videos have 355 million views each. These douchebags with 50,000 views, they're not making any money. I put myself in that category too because we have some trailers up. Um, you know, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't bring in any significant money. So these guys are traveling as a, as a passion, uh, you know, going to hang out with wrestlers and you know, conduct these interviews and, you know, like I say, eventually they'll get married or get a girlfriend and they'll either have to bring home the bacon and get a real fucking job. Colin Kelly, a story you could never repeat in public. Don't share the story, but tell us who it was. I'll flip that upside down. Um, I will tell you the story, but not tell you who it is. There's there's stuff you learn. I I know people who have children in the business, people in the business that have children that they've never told anybody about. Uh, maybe 
children with other workers that nobody knows about. You hear stuff. People always tell me I get people to tell me anything on camera, and that's my superpower, right? I can, we can relax, and we can have a conversation, and, oh, it's been recorded, you know, so that, that's the superpower. But think about it. If they're, if they're willing to do that on camera, the time we spend together off camera, you know, I'm going to get stuff too. And though I've never betrayed a confidence with that stuff. But I do know of, of uh, wrestling personalities that you want to tell me that you asked me what the, uh, the worst one or the, what was it? A story you could never repeat in public. Yeah. There's somebody, there's a respected individual in wrestling who, uh, who lost the spouse. And, um, and like through the years of working in the business, there was a, a, another worker, another, uh, a female uh, person in wrestling that they'd always pursued while on the road or in the business and in places that they both were and the, the whole come to my room thing, you know, <laughs> we should talk about this, come to my room. And, uh, she always, uh, valiantly resisted, uh, the, uh, the advances. And then this person, uh, who was either married or had gotten married, something, um, they uh, they tragically lost their spouse, and within a month, was calling that woman again. It's just fucking unbelievable. And then you, I don't know, people who others think they should be respecting, and then you know otherwise, and you just go, okay. Listen, how many people out there though? How many people out there? Stars, politicians. If we knew the inside track. Would we, would we really be showering them with love? John S. Barry. Hi, Sean. Love your stuff. Do you think there's any chance you can get an interview with Jimmy Jacobs about his WWE writing time and firing? Sure, I would talk to Jimmy. Could happen. I'll make it happen. You want it to happen? I make it happen. People have asked about people on Twitter, and I was like, okay, yeah, make it happen. James Pietragallo, Jimmy Pietragallo, the, the, uh, the comic. Comic slash podcasting star. Entity, crime and sports. People like have him on. He's great. He covers your stuff. So, reached out. He was on. It happens that way, folks. Listen, what else? You know what else happens? We're here every week. That's what happens. And I ask you to join me. I ask you to bring your questions for me. I ask you to listen to my guests. For Christ's sake. Patreon is still out there. You want to become a patron of this show, it is patreon.com slash podcast. Keep it free. Uh, keep it going. Keep it real. And keep on coming. Coming back. So I'm still in Ron Jeremy. Keep coming back. Keep Come on back. How about that one? See you next week.